mental work or spiritual work it's work no matter how you decide to birth and just seeing that moment of the baby being born and the joy from parents I cry majority at all my births I'm the cry (laughs) dude Hola, hello, bienvenido, and welcome to the Clear Birth Podcast. For those of you who are returning listeners, thanks for being here. And for my new listeners, I'm your host, Annette Perel. Today, we are going to be speaking with Shala Konomi. Shala is the creator of Sage and Luna, which is a holistic practice that holds space for people who are interested in finding healing within themselves and connecting to a deeper mission that unlocks their personal power. Through yoga, tarot reading, and birth work, Shala helps create awareness, cultivate trust, affirmation, and support through their healing journey. Welcome, Shala. Hey, how are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. How are you holding up during the social distancing and and COVID? How's that been? Um, I think like most people, I go through waves. Mm -hmm. And I think where I'm at right now currently is I'm I'm now feeling like used to to all of this. Like, oh, this is life now. This is the new normal. But um, the beginning, because also I, I am going through postpartum as well the beginning was really rough I would say probably the first two months maybe maybe the first three months and I'm four months postpartum (laughs) maybe this last month I'm starting to finally feel uh, a little bit fine but um the beginning was definitely rough it was not the postpartum experience that I thought I would have because Mm -hmm. of COVID yeah um just staying home not being able to see people and just me and my baby all day. I love her so much, but it gets overwhelming. It does. <laughs> it does. It totally, it totally does. I can remember I gave birth to my son in November and I am not a winter person. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I was up in Inwood at the time. And I remember being home one day and just like, I had so much to do and no time to do it. And then also thinking, how, how can I do this? Like I could not get outside because I was like, I could not orient myself. And I felt that whole isolation and I, and just like worrying about things. And I remember calling my mother and I was like, when does this stop? Yep. And she, and she was like, never, never. Yeah. Never. I for was like, Oh, thank you. Going on for the thank rest you. Of your life. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, how are you now? Like yes, I'm, you able I'm, to get out. Um, before this call, I did practice yoga, um, at the park. I'm trying to get better with going out and having a moment of running. Yesterday I went running. Um, it's very easy to forget about yourself when you're a parent. So I'm trying to make it a habit to have moments for myself. That is great. I I mean, that's something I often counsel a lot of my my clients on and saying you have to, even if you just walk around the block, you have to take 
time for yourself. It's, it can't be all baby. You know, we think that, oh, now it becomes all about the baby. And what about me? And then you have those feelings where you feel guilty. But if you're taking those little breaks, it makes it manageable that you're able to come back. And Absolutely. Like, oh, this feels yeah. great. Like, oh, this feels great to be laying yeah. in bed cuddling with you. you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I got my fix for outside and now I can come back. Yeah. Oh, great. So we're just going to jump right into the show. Okay. And the first question I wanted to ask is, what career did you want to have when you were in grade school, high school, and college? Um, all of it was the same. Oh, Since awesome. a little girl, I've always wanted to be an actress. Um, so that is what I went to college for that. I was a thespian kid, drama club, all of that growing up. So that's what I wanted to be. I, my training definitely is a theater background, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to be a film actress. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's great that you got that call. I didn't get the call for acting until much later like I got it early when I was really early and I did not know it was a thing my mother took me to see a play and I I remember going I wanted to do that and my mother was like what and I was like that what they were doing and I must have been about like five no it must have been like seven and she was like it's just a play and I was like no no this it has a name like you know and she 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 dismissed it early, you know, Caribbean parents. It's like, that's yeah. not what you're going to do. And it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I was like, I'm going to go to acting school. I want to take acting classes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. I, I mean, it's beautiful. I, I think just like you said, I think I had, um, I knew that I wanted to do when I was a little girl, but I didn't know what it was. And my first introduction was actually, I don't know why I was watching this movie. Now that I think about it. But um, What's Love Got to Do With It, the Tina Turner story. Yeah, Yeah. that is a great movie. I was probably like five when when that came out, and I would reenact the scenes for my mom, and she would think it was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but that, if you're going to get a bug, Angela Bassett is the one definitely the right bug. exactly to inspire you because she was phenomenal in that movie. Phenomenal. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So is that what you did before you got into, I mean, you're multifaceted, right? So it's not just, you're not just a doula. You're yeah. a yoga instructor. You also read tarot. You're a healer. It, all of those things. How did you get into that? How did that, work around your acting? Um, so I think I went through this transition period, I want to say maybe around 2014. I I moved here to New York to pursue acting. I moved here with $500 and um, I was waitressing. I got fired from that waitressing job and it was really hard for me to get work. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to move back home. I'm gonna have to move back to Miami. And um, during that time where I had a lot of alone time, a lot of time to myself, I started practicing yoga all the time in my room. I couldn't afford a class. I was just practicing on my own in my little bedroom in Crown Heights. And um, I started feeling like spiritually light, you know, like feel heavy from everything that's happened to you. And I just started feeling lightness in my soul. And, um, 
I, I started feeling connected more to my self-worth self-worth and I think that's how I met my husband because I was now in a place where I was feeding myself um, mm-hmm. spiritually and that's that yoga was the key that opened the door to doula to everything that I'm doing yeah okay so then when you be did you become a yoga instructor did you take a training yes um, I beca- I did my doula training before my yoga oh. training actually yeah uh, yoga trainings are very expensive. Yes. They're very, very expensive. So it took me a while to feel like I was in a place where I wanted to spend the money for a yoga teacher training. So I did the doula training um, in June 2016, I think. No, 17. I'm sorry, 17. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a couple of months later, I started my yoga teacher training. And, and who, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Who did you take your training with? Her name is O.C. and she has her studio Brooklyn Yoga Project. Mm -hmm. It was a phenomenal training. It was a therapy session. I still miss it. Like, I'm like, I need my therapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Who did you take your your doula training with? With Rena. Oh, okay. So Dona. Mm-hmm. With Dona and Rena, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and how did you, how did you find that experience of? I mean, it's different for everyone taking their training. So, what was what was surprising to you about about it? What was exciting? Um, it was all so exciting and really learning the history of of women birthing and and all the terrible things that have happened to women and women of color during this birth during the birthing process um you know i was privy to that information but we really got into it in the training Mm -hmm. um really learning about the just the difference that good quality care can make in your whole experience um that's why i became a doula thinking about my mom birth that she Mm -hmm. had with me Mm -hmm. so yeah it, it was it was great what about what about your story? You you just mentioned your mother's birth. What about that? What thoughts around that? What did she tell you about that story that made you? Yes. Yeah. So when I think about it now, my mom has always been extremely vocal about her birth story, okay. and and when you think about stuff back in stuff that happened to you a long time ago, you start to think, well, I was already being groomed for where I'm at right now. You know, and my mom had me at 13 years old Mm. and it was a very traumatic experience for her. She told me that she birthed, uh, she was in labor alone in a bathroom. Wow. Several hours um, because her mother was mad at her, actually, you know, for being pregnant, you know, it was embarrassing to her Mm -hmm. Um, because she told me she started contractions and she told her mom, I'm contracting. And her mom was like, okay, just wake me up once your water breaks. So she labored alone until her water broke. That is so tough for uh, a 13 year old, a 13 year old. Yeah. 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 She's a baby, a baby. Hmm. Yeah. And you know, she she talked about being at the hospital and how um, the nurses and the doctors were shaming her for being in that situation. That's and, awful. you know, so it, just hearing those things. And then when I found out about birth work, I'm like, yeah, this is this is where I need to be. Yeah. yeah. I had um, 
in a previous episode, another doula, Valencia, mentioned about how she got into this work and realizing, like you realize, your mother's birth story, but also realizing that it's healing. There, you know, like you said, everything has prepared you for this moment, but then you go back and it's not, it's just healing you, it's also healing your mom. Like, yeah, generations. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And did your, did your spiritual work, the work that you did, like, did you have any signs about this work in that? Signs meaning, like, like were, were there any callings at, besides your mother's story before becoming a doula? Was there anything that, like, particularly? You know, like some people had dreams about being being in birth work or things like that. Was there anything particular that stood out that for you? Um, I remember being a teenager and watching a lot of documentaries about birth, watching people's stories about their labor and their pregnancy. And I don't know, in my mind, I think like, why were you interested in that? But yes. I just remember loving to watch different documentaries about people giving birth and their their journeys. <laughs> That's yeah. fascinating. That's yeah. fascinating. I, when I was when I was ten, my oldest sister is ten years older than me, and I discovered one of her books called "Our Bodies Ourselves." And I, it was like everything that happens to a woman from birth until menopause. And when I got up to the part about babies, I was just fascinated. And I would ask my mother questions, and she'd be like, "Put that thing down," like she. She was not, my mother, three girls, she was just like not interested. She was like, go put it down. And I was like, no, no, no. But I'm curious, like, you know, an egg, they talk about we have eggs, like in the refrigerator. And she was like, no. And that was, it was like no conversation. She would just like shut shut it down. down. And I would be like, but I don't know what sperm is. And she was like, stop, just, just stop. Like those things are taboo, you know? Yes. Yes. So I could imagine. I mean, it's great that. I can see that you having a mom who was young and being open about those things, how that forms a different opinion around it and telling your, telling her story. And then you were more aware about birth and seeing other people's stories and putting those pieces together. Definitely is something that, you know, is all encompassing for you now and in doula work. Really? Like I said, just all it's all been grooming. (laughs) What advice do you wish you got before you became a doula? What advice do I wish I got before I became a doula? Um, I would say about self care. I think it's very, very easy to experience burnout. Definitely. um, Being a doula because it's, it's passion work. You know, and you want to give so much of yourself. And I think it's so easy to stretch yourself thin in this work. You have to learn self-care and boundaries as well. I didn't know that in the beginning. Oh, I would just be like, take everything from me. (laughs) (laughs) And as I become a a seasoned doula now, I'm like, oh, wait, we can't take everything Yes. me this is what I'm willing to give and I'm not willing to give this you know that's so great it took me such a long time to learn that lesson as well and you know when I first started 
I didn't have a mentor or mentoring or even like learning that. I was just like, let's just do the work. And my doula partner and I would like process together. And then it was like time to go to the next birth. So that's great that you got that so early in your practice to be able to say, no, I need time for myself. Because it is true. We show up with our whole selves to birth. We leave all of our worries and everything at the door and we are here, we're present, we're open and we're full. And it's just so, it can be so draining afterwards. And then sometimes if you're overbooked, you get called right after that birth to go to another birth. So there's no time for really like rest and care. Oh, that's wonderful. And release. And taking on every, everything. From totally. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. mean, I remember at one point in my, um, in my training, I took my trainer with, with Deborah Pascala Bonaro and, um, she's now, she now does or- orgasmic birth training. She's also doing doula trainings. But I remember at one point we were having a conversation about like the things that you can do after births to really, um, get into routines of doing but it wasn't more so for self-care it was just like you know have a, a routine to unwind yeah. uh, what what do you do after a birth to kind of unwind for self-care tm you know i tell people this all the time something that i do and they're like what um so this might be crazy but i like to make love <laughs> after that's not that's not crazy. That is one of the things that she said. She said, make love or masturbate. Like that is a huge energy. You're on a high and yep. there's what's going to bring you down. Yep. Is that because we're all in that oxytocin glow and just like, yes. And then you get home and you're stuck in that glow for hours. So that that's a wonderful self-care. Yeah. Yeah. That's one for me. I would definitely say make love, um, yoga, or mm-hmm. just sometimes you just need to like shut down, no phone. Uh, you just need to like be within yourself. And I'm a, I'm, I'm right. I'm my mother's only child. So I really know how to just like shut down and go into my own cocoon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was, I'm, the youngest of three, but my old, my sisters were so much older than me that it was like, I was alone a lot. My oldest sister is 10 years older than me. Like I mentioned, and my middle sister is six years older than me. So it was like, I was always like tagging along. Yeah. So being by myself is something like this quarantine has been great (laughs) to an extent. I'm like, I I do this all the time. Like I like to be home and by myself, well, my son's not here currently, but when he's here, I'm just like, it's just us and we have our own routine. So that's great. Yeah, nice. that is great. What What do you love about being a doula? Ooh, I, I don't think it ever gets old seeing a baby born. Like, it's not. That moment yes. after all the work, um, whether it was physical work, mental work, or spiritual work, it's work no matter how you decide to birth. And just seeing that moment of the baby being born and and the joy from parents. I cry majority at all my births. I'm the cry dude. And like I've seen so many babies born and I'm just like it's beautiful. It is beautiful. It it you're it's like snowflakes. No two are alike. I often say the same thing. It's just it's 
always amazing. And watching them become parents for me is another one because you see that moment where it switches. Like in labor, you can see it coming and then it switches. It, it's it's so fascinating. I see enjoy it. that. Yeah. And then you also see that moment of like terror where like, oh, we have tears. <laughs> this is ours. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> And that's when the real fun begins. I'm always like, welcome to parenthood. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. What do you, what do you find, um, is your biggest challenge in doula work? Biggest challenge in doula work. Um, I would say it's, it's being at births for a really long time. That is the challenge. And, you know, I have not been to a birth since I've given birth. Um, but now I, I do have a birth coming up in August. Okay. And I'm already trying to mentally prepare myself. It's her first baby. So we know that this could be anywhere between 12, 24 hours. And, you know, I have not been alone um, away from my baby that long I've only probably been away from my baby an hour you know no. um, mm-hmm. uh, trying to navigate breastfeeding so yeah I would say that's the biggest challenge parenthood and how long how time consuming a birth can be you know yeah. Yeah. yeah so what have you what have you planned out so far what are you what are you thinking about how are you going to manage that time like structure it I don't know <laughs> well, I, 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 I was a doula for four years before I gave birth to my son and my doula partner had given birth the year before, well, the, not this year before January. And I gave birth in November. And when she started going back to births, since we were, we were in a true partnership or, or we would do prenatal meetings. I would often hold the baby while she spoke and then we would pat like we would do pass that back and forth to entertain. And then I know one or several times during several of her births, her husband or her her husband would bring the baby to the hospital. Oh so yeah. So she could nurse, like she would take times she would pump, but then she also had those moments in the births where there was lulls and that that also helps. So, you know, that might be, I'm not sure now with COVID, with COVID depending. Yeah. You, you might not, but then also it's good to think about just like pumping during that time as well. You know, it would be good to kind of, um, ask the nurse staff if there's a room you could go to, so you don't have to be in that room. Um, if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. But Hopefully I have to, I have to, do <laughs> you have to, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. If you do have to do it, you, you have to do it. But just thinking about like, you know, um, ways that you can get your, your milk stored for you, things like that. I've heard of other, um, doulas who had to pump and sometimes the nurse staff let them into the lounge to do it so they can, you know, not be sitting on the toilet. Or the back of the tub, you know. Not the cutest there. place to pump. Not, not the <laughs> cutest place. But I mean, you know, listen, women, we do what we have to do when we have to do it, right? So exactly. it'll get done. 
Yeah, just just definitely thinking about those times. And also speaking with your clients. I mean, they're they're so understanding of knowing, like, you know, it's been three hours. I need to pump. Give me, I'll be back. You know, just being able to do that. Oh, that's exciting and also terrifying, I would imagine. It is. Yeah. My (laughs) first back, my son was was almost about the same age, six months old or so. And um, it was a scheduled C-section for a breach. So that made it a little bit easier. I remember I went in and just stayed with them the whole day. But it was still, like, I knew at least I'd be home in the evening. But it's really hard when yeah. they're really, yeah. But you don't know. You don't know. But they're so adaptable, and it's it's great. And you, you have a great partner. I love seeing you guys on online. It's so wonderful seeing that whole experience come to fruition. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, so now you're also, you're a doula, but now you're going to be starting a mentoring program. Tell us about that, your, the name, and give us the information. It's the Digging Deep Doula Mentorship with, oh, like, um, yeah, thank you. That Say that again. I like that name. Thank you. Yeah, it's I, I'm doing it with Anna Chicho, who she was actually my mentor. That's how her and I connected and bonded and built our friendship together. She was also my birth doula at my birth. Um, and it's something that her and I have been talking about uh, maybe a little bit less than a year. We just talking about it, talking about it. And finally we really felt inspired to do it. We're like, let's just do it. Let's stop talking about it and and do it. We want to be able to help doulas, whether they're newer doulas who really need some guidance. Um, because a lot of the trainings, the trainings teach you a lot about birth and, you know, the practice, but, I definitely left my train and I was like, oh, what's next? You know, it doesn't definitely. teach you a lot about building your business, mm-hmm. about interviewing, how to hold these prenatal meetings. Yeah. Um, and even just I think it's really important to meet other doulas. For me, after my training, I did not know another doula at all. My, my group, mm-hmm. we did not stay connected. Uh, so that's what this mentorship is also about, building community. Um, someone that you can, like you said, process birth, births about, um, just, 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 you know, have a, a family. We need yeah. that. It's yeah. so important. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited about it. So what does it, in, it, it entail? Because I know you, you told me a little bit about it, about, you know, like the structure of it, of it's um, a six month program, I think six you said, months. six yes. months program. So, and it's going to entail business. Business, like we talked about self-care because that's something that I'm, I feel is very important. Self-care and boundaries. We're um, talking, breaking down how to do your prenatal visits, how to connect mm-hmm. with your um, clients, comfort measures. We'll be talking about things like that and also helping them through their births, mm-hmm. you know, so they can call on us to process things or if they need advice while they're at births. We'll also be talking about virtual support because that is a reality right yes. now, you know, mm-hmm. so that's really important that we talk about that and we discuss that and also how to support women of color 
especially mm-hmm. black women during this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you find would be like the most important, like the three most important tips to tell someone about supporting women of color in the hospital now? I mean, you know, pre-COVID we had a lot of issues and now those issues are exacerbated because of COVID. Yeah. So what are the three most important things? Three most important things. Believe them. Believe whatever they say that they're feeling in their body. Do not question it. Believe them. That's one. Validate their feelings too. Yes. Any, any and everything that they're feeling. And especially if you are a white doula, use your privilege to protect them. Yes. I, I find that that is that's really great advice. It is true that women need validation of what they're feeling in labor and they're not getting it a lot of times. And we know, you know, the nurse, she has three or four other patients and it might be a situation where they're like, you were just three centimeters. There's no way you're feeling pressure. Right. And, and, and then it's like, no, 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 she's pushing, you know, and having to advocate in that, in that respect. I know that advocacy is something that is way more prevalent now than when I first started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, me being in the room was advocacy when I first started, yeah. um, bearing witness and holding space, and it has changed in years. And now, so advocacy. What does advocacy mean for you? And so, so I, I, I do hold the traditional doula as an. I do not make decisions for my clients or or speak to the doctors about decisions that they want to make. I think advocacy is is empowerment and it's giving the power to your families that you're working with. So I'm really big on laying the facts information to them because I want you to make a decision that you feel good about, you know, exactly. I want you to have that power over your birth. Exactly. If your care provider is like, I want to do Pitocin. And then I'm telling you different options, things like I have that happen at for instance, uh, they wanted to push Pitocin for a family I was working with. And I told them about nipple stimulation. She did nipple stimulation uh, an hour after she had her baby. You know, like I, I want to give you different options so you can feel that power of making choices over your own body. Yeah, that's that's really important. I, I remember reading, I don't remember the exact quote, but I remember reading um, in one of the doula books that talked about that same thing of empowering women. And when you empower women to make those choices, then they feel empowered to take care of that child. Whereas if all of the choices are being made for them, they feel like they had no say, no agency, and they don't know anything about raising this child. So that's, that's wonderful. That is, that is a good trait to have as a, as a doula. And when, when is your um, mentor program starting? It starts July 21st. Mm -hmm. Um, We're taking in applications. The deadline for the application is July 5th. Okay. And where can they find that information? You can find that information at my website, www.sageandluna.com or go on my Instagram, which is also Sage and Luna and um, go on the link and it's all there. Okay. That's wonderful. Now this next 
this next segment is um, a segment I like to call daily inspiration. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, you, I love a quote. Um, <laughs> my Instagram is full of quotes. Yes. Um, I find them, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I find them. That's, that's exactly what I need to get through my day. So what, before we get into quotes, but what's your favorite scent? I really love like a cinnamon pumpkin spice type mm-hmm. scent. I love in the fall time when those yeah. candles are really popular. Yeah. Your home just smells like you're baking. Mm-hmm. I love that smell. I also love the smell of bacon too. <laughs> those are two very good smells. I am a pumpkin lover. Yeah. But you yeah. cannot put pumpkin in enough things for me in the fall. <laughs> I'm just like, although some people take it a little too far. I'm just like, okay. Pumpkin flavored potato chips is not exactly what I think of a good time. Pumpkin. <laughs> those are both good scents. I like those. Um, what What's a book, film, show, or podcast that is inspiring you? Um, I'm reading a book right now, Killing the Black Body. Oh, my God. I, that book. Yes. You said no, Ooh, you haven't read it? I have read it. It oh. is definitely a great read it and, and like you said rage yeah the yeah. rage that comes from oh yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it makes you feel all all the feels you know yeah. so that's definitely um where i'm at right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure if that's a great book to read so close to postpartum and about to go back into birth work but okay i you know it's definitely motivating, but it's heavy. It is. It is. Heavy. It is. It's, yeah. it's heavy. But, um, but it's like the, because right now I have shut down from a lot of heavy um, stuff on social media or shows and movies right now. But for whatever reason, I can take, I can take this in, you know, it just makes me feel like I'm connected to my ancestors and it's getting me motivated for how I, how I, want to transform my work definitely you know yeah that's that's great i hadn't seen like shawshank not shawshank redemption what was it the the piano and um schindler's list and i don't know why postpartum i thought i was like you know i'm up at two in the morning and i'm gonna be up for at least an hour or two let me just put that on i was a mess i was i was like those are I was like, note to self, those are not movies. You need comedies after birth, not yeah. movies like that. But I could see how. No, it's true. Work. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a particular quote that inspires you, or you one that you think of daily, or that comes to you in rough moments? I love a lot of quotes. Um, I think my mom is the queen of quotes, and for some reason, her quotes like. Or like this advice or things that she say really stays with me or in my mm-hmm. head. Growing up, she would always say, "Steal the white man's education," because <laughs> <laughs> that is the one thing they can't take from you. Once you're educated, there's no way for them to get that back. No, but, no, yeah. can't take your mind. She would always say that. Steal the white man's education. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Now, this next segment is about birth stories. And you mentioned a little bit earlier about your stories. I also love how you've been very candid prior to giving birth. 
you had a miscarriage and yeah. you're, you're, you had a rainbow baby. If you would share your story with us, I'd love to hear it. Um, sure. You, you want to hear the miscarriage story? You could lead that leads into, yeah, the yeah. way you. Um, so since probably ever since I met my husband, I was like, I want to reproduce with you, you know, um, <laughs> but we, we, we were like, we're not ready. We're not ready. And, um, this past December, one, one day we were like, let's, let's try and make a baby. And it was nothing that we were like, seriously, like really calculating about how we were going to do this. I, I wasn't even checking if I was ovulating, nothing like that. We just decided to make love and we were like, oh, you know, let's see if we can make a baby. And I got pregnant right then and there. I, I was pregnant and um, we were so excited. We didn't think it was going to happen that fast, but we were like, yay, yeah, you mm -hmm. know, super excited. Sure. And, you know, the crazy thing is, um, as a birth worker, I have worked with lots of people who have experienced loss, um, but even though I'm aware how common it is, nothing could have ever prepared me for my miscarriage. Nothing. You know, I, when I, when I was pregnant, I never even had in my mind that that was a possibility, you know? Yeah. Um, so when it happened, I started, I remember on a Friday, oh, well, to kind of go back, I was having drinks. Um, I'm a very intuitive person and I had a dream one day that I got an ultrasound and I looked at the image of the baby and even though ultrasounds, babies always look crazy, yes. but I remember this baby looked disfigured, like it looked disformed, like mm -hmm. when I looked at the ultrasound. And I remember in my dream, I was like horrified, like, oh, what is, what is this inside of me? You know, I remember that. And then following maybe Friday, uh, that, that dream probably happened earlier in the week than that Friday, I was teaching yoga and I took a pregnancy test. I said, I don't feel pregnant anymore. I just, and I, I wasn't even experiencing symptoms. I was eight weeks. I had not been experiencing symptoms, but I just woke up one day and I was like, I don't feel pregnant anymore. Um, took a pregnancy test. You know, obviously it still says it's positive at that point. I want to say Saturday I started spotting and, um, I couldn't get in a couldn't get an appointment, but I finally got an appointment Monday, and um, I did an ultrasound and I saw the baby. Just got the heartbeat, you know. They assured me everything is fine. It's probably implant implantation bleeding, and you know everything is good. So I felt great. Uh, I kind of actually stopped spotting after that, and then Wednesday I started bleeding red blood. And it was heavy. I went to a doula interview, you know, and this whole time I am bleeding. Talking to someone about helping them bring their baby in the world. And I am losing my oh baby. My yeah. And um, I remember on my way home, I was on the subway I had to teach a yoga class maybe two hours from, from the time that I, I'm on the train. And something just told me, you need to cancel your class. Just cancel your class. I canceled the class. 
as soon as I cancel the class. I go on the bus to go home and I feel a rush of blood coming out of my body while I'm on this bus. Mm. And the bus is packed and I'm trying not to have an emotional breakdown in front of all these strangers. But I, I, I started crying. I couldn't help it. The tears were coming out. And, you know, I remember this man was sitting with this little boy on his lap. And this little boy was probably maybe one years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember just crying. And this little boy was looking at me. I almost felt like he was looking in my spirit. And I kid mm-hmm. you not, I, I told my husband this. This little boy was looking at me. And it felt like I can hear him saying, don't worry, you are going to meet your baby someday. It's like I oh, felt him yeah. telling me this as I'm like sobbing. I was sobbing on the bus. And I remember I texted my husband. I told him I am losing the baby right now. And luckily he was home. I got home. I ran to the bathroom. When I pulled down my pants, it was blood everywhere. And I, I just started screaming, you know, just screaming uncontrollably. Um, and he came into the room, I mean, he came into the bathroom and we were crying. He was holding me and um, my husband was amazing. I never thought that him and I could get closer, you know, mm-hmm. because we're already so tight, so close. But during that process of my miscarriage, he was, oh, he was my, my rock, you know. Um, yeah. Just like, I just wouldn't stop crying for days. I would wake up and my eyes, my eyes were open. There were tears already coming out, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've never grieved. I've never had lost someone or, you know, and it's weird to lose a pregnancy because you, you know, you haven't met this person yet, you know? So it's weird to kind of grieve someone that you don't essentially know, but you felt like you knew that person in your soul and your spirit. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So I went, got an ultrasound. They confirmed it. Um, and I do remember the the care provider. She was really nice, and she told me, you know, don't let anyone um, tell you that your loss does not matter. A loss is a loss, no matter where you are exactly. in your pregnancy. Um, and I needed to hear that from her, you know, mm-hmm. and she, she doesn't know that I kept that going yes. on in my head. Um, yeah. And like I said, my husband was, he, ugh, he was just amazing through that whole process. Um, two months after my miscarriage, I got pregnant again <laughs> and, um, kind of go backwards. I, one thing I did that I shouldn't have done is I kept going to births. I think I went to a birth two weeks after my miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And if I can go back, I wouldn't have done that. I would have got someone else to cover those births because yes. um, it was heartbreaking to see people meeting their babies when I had lost mine. That was heartbreaking for me at that time. Um, in fact, the couple of days before I found out I was pregnant, I supported the birth of the woman I was interviewing when I lost my oh, pregnancy. That's and, tough. um, yeah. Oh, oh, that birth was 
really Ooh. hard. Mm-hmm. It was really hard on me. And I, I got home and I was in a disgusting, nasty mood. And my husband and I got into a argument and it was, it, it was me. I, he just said something silly and I like flipped. It was the worst argument we ever had. And I was just, I think I went through a lot of different emotions in that miscarriage, but I don't think I had went through anger yet. And um, I just let out. I didn't even know I could be so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I let out a ball of fury, a ball of emotions. And then the next day I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, that explains yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And I feel like my baby was like, you need to have a big like you need to let go a lot of this steam in order for you to carry me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I let it out, and does that I still mourn from my miscarriage? I still I don't I don't know if that will ever go away. Um, you know, I had a lot of fear in during my pregnancy, mm-hmm. hoping that she was going to be here, which would she make it? Um, but I had confirmation. I had dreams that were confirming that I was going to meet her. I did. Um, and that, that was something that definitely eased my fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a home birth with BK, uh, midwifery with Barry and Kristen. Mm-hmm. They were amazing. First of all, all my prenatals were at my apartment. (laughs) The best. They were coming over and I was like, this is amazing. Um, It worked out that way that they can do all the prenatals at my apartment and their family, you know, they, they really took great care of me. Hold on. Let me, let me get my baby. Yeah. Can you bring break? Oh no. You said we're talking about you. Hi. In this. Say hi. Hi, Bree. See ya. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm going to nurse her. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah mama. Um,. Yeah, so the care was absolutely amazing, superb, and um, at my birth, my grandmother came down for my birth. She was there, Anna, my doula, Chris, and Barry and Kristen both were at my birth, and um, I had a long, uh, um, I think it was like 33 hours. Okay. It was so long, and it was hard. It was hard, hard, hard work. So, oh my God, just hard work. But, um, but beautiful, you know, I think, and I think that's something that we need to talk about. A lot of people hear hard and they're like, oh, hard means bad. Yes. No, um, it was hard and it was beautiful. You know, it was, it it was work that I want to do again before I was like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) But, um, I, I definitely want to do it again the same way. Um, I had such great support 
Mm-hmm. You know, everyone showed up for me and was just giving me love. And just like what we talked about earlier, you know, I my I was a baby who my mom birthed with me and had no support. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then to turn around and be filled with love at, during my labor, you know, like, wow, that's powerful. Yes. Um, and I'm sure very healing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I thought about her the whole time. Um, I kept thinking to myself, how the hell did she do this? You know, because my mom also had an unmedicated birth as well. And I just kept thinking, like, how did she do this? Um, Because I I have everyone all hands on deck. And I'm like, why am I doing this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, You had the freedom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. freedom to be able to be supported and let go and she had she had the choice of just no choice of just doing what she needed to do no choice yeah you know what what was also healing too is you know my family are all babies having babies they um pregnancies that a lot of them were ashamed about um and so I also felt very happy that I chose to have my baby and I'm having a baby with someone who I love. And this is what we want a hundred percent. We're not in this situation because of a a mistake, a a beautiful mistake that I know was for my family, but, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's it. I mean, society has put a lot of pressure on black women um, to, to say that if, you are not X and they hold you to a standard of having a husband. And then you are, you know, what was it? Bush who perpetrated the the welfare queen, right? There was no such thing as a welfare queen, but he perpetrated that. So we've had that. And it's, even though we live in this world and we experience it and we can keep some of it out, when you get pregnant and you're about to have your own child, all of those experiences all of those things wash over you and it's really hard to fight against it. I know because at one point am I, I was a single mom and, and I remember one point having that conversation and saying that, you know, it's like, I'm fine, but yeah. society is really messed up. They would have me believe that I am less than yeah. because I'm choosing to do something that they don't consider normal. And it was totally normal. Like I wasn't the first single mom and, but it's really a lot of pressure and that pressure. And then to give birth at home, which is also something that is against the norm. It's also something I I did as well. Everyone Mm -hmm. is like, what are you, what is wrong with you? You're just pushing too many boundaries here. (laughs) You know, but my my grandmother has been to, I want to say she's been to four births. Oh, that's beautiful. Past three were all hospital births. Mm-hmm. I was the first home birth. And my grandmother was very nervous for this home birth. And then afterwards, she was like, this is the way how this should be done. Yeah. Like, she was yeah. like, I am a believer. Yes. Yeah. This, this is the way. You know? That's beautiful. Because then she got to see, you know, I think there's this. Well, we see it in birth, right? We see when people are telling all kinds of horror stories to pregnant women right that that i often tell my clients don't listen to horror stories it's just 
I, as a doula, I love them because I'm like, nope, that's not what happened. This happened. This, you know, like we can pick and choose in a way that makes sense um, to hear those stories. But when you're pregnant, you just don't know what's going to be imprinted on a person by telling them a negative story. And I really, exactly. and, and I also realize that a lot of people are, they are processing, right? Because uh, before COVID, it, now, thank goodness, there, there, there's a lot of talk now about your mental health and mental stability. But before that, people didn't realize that they were experiencing birth trauma and that they needed to process that trauma of that story with a professional, not with your best friend or not with someone, some stranger you met on the street to tell her your story that, you know, um, but it's beautiful that your grandmother now got to see, right? Because there's all this mystery around home birth. And it's like, what do they do? And they think that the midwives come in with just their bare hands and a long skirt and a fan or something, yeah. you know, like yeah. they, they don't understand that they're skilled and that they come prepared, you know, for emergencies. Everyone thinks, well, in the event of emergency, it's like, no, this is not ER. Yeah, emergencies exactly. don't happen like that. There's plenty of time. So it was great that after all of her births in hospitals, she saw yours and that also reaffirmed and healed her in the sense yeah, too, yeah, because yeah, oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. She Thanks. was like, girl, you are strong. Yes. It was funny. And uh, like I said, sh- seriously, shout out to Barry and Kristen, because talking about like what we were saying early about believing, uh, believing black women, because um, after I gave birth, I started uh, bleeding really heavy, just heavily, and I knew I was bleeding too much. Yeah, you know they they cleaned me up and everything, but I knew I was bleeding too much. And I I mentioned it. I said I think I'm bleeding too much. And um, and first everyone was like, "Oh, that's normal," and I'm like, "Okay, you're right. It is normal to bleed. I know that's normal." But yeah. then I'm sitting there and I'm like, "No." This is not normal. I know that this is not right. And as soon as I said that, they came in and checked me. I had a little piece of placenta left, a little, little tiny piece that was causing all of the bleeding, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm like, you know, thankfully, I I was working with someone who was listening to me. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Because had I not, like, that could have went wrong, you know? Definitely. Definitely. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that story with me. You mentioned it earlier, but where can people find you? Let's mention it again so that way they have that. Sure. You can find me at Sage and Luna. Um, that's Sage, S-A-J-E and Luna, L-U-N-A dot com. Or Sage and Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, I'm really excited for you in this mentoring program. You're going to be an amazing mentor. You have so much calm and personality and reassurance. And that that's what makes great mentors. You and Anna are going to do fantastic. I'm really excited excited. for you. Yeah. I mean, it is the one component of birth that is really this birth work that is missing. And I've been saying this for the longest time is mentor, mentorship, mentorship, mentorship. I mean, that's how we met through the collective where I was a mentor. 
And, you know, to be able to offer that, especially for, for doulas of color, I think is the most important factor. Yeah. It's so important for us to show up. Yeah. You're doing this work as a woman of color. It's important for us to show up in these, in these positions, you know, and to create an environment for community, which is also needed. That is the, the most important thing is that creating an environment of community for women of color where they feel safe. to be able to express themselves and that often looks different in different spaces and I'm so excited for your space thank you so much for sharing and thank thank you you for having Brave come in oh you're welcome you're welcome it was my pleasure yeah I really enjoyed this (laughs) I can't wait I can't wait Gracias. Thanks for listening to the Clear Birth Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at the Clear Birth Podcast. If you want to send me an email, you can reach me at theclearbirthpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Adios. Hasta luego. Goodbye. Until next time.